everybody. Happy holidays and welcome into Flock Talk, the official podcast of Beloit Skycarp. Larry Larson, Josh Flickinger in with you in our holiday decor. Some of us a little uh, more bright than others uh, in, in more ways than one. Um, but good to have everybody back again. That's a very nice intro, Larry. Uh, I appreciate that. Well, yeah, I mean, no, I've got some, uh, okay. we've got, I don't want to date this, uh, this podcast, but we have our holiday party. And I have a, a bit of a more festive uh, attire that is in the car right now and didn't want to okay. break it out for the podcast. You weren't necessarily special enough, Larry, but, but for the group tonight, we're going we're gonna to be looking real nice. Of course. Uh, if you listen to my joke, I mean, you're wearing brighter colors than, than mine, so. I thought this was like an was, ACT score thing with the bright, like you're smarter well, than Yeah, it was a double entendre. <clears throat> Okay. Anyways, it's never fun when you have to explain jokes. We got a great show coming up for you. Uh, we got Chandler Joe's Walk, Beloit Sky Carp reliever from 2022, coming on the show, talking all kinds of fun stuff. Arizona Fall League, his adventure of a season, three different stops in the Marlins organization, and then the Arizona Fall League. So have that to look forward to, or maybe just scrub through our nonsense and, and jump right into that interview. Uh, but Flick, holidays coming up. Got any special plans? You know, I, I have the, the luxury of, you know, living 20 minutes uh, from my parents and, and um, 0.6 miles. From, As we discovered from in the parents. Thanksgiving chat. We, we did this already? We did. That goes back into the brightness. <laughs> no. So, so the answer is always no, Larry. I don't really do anything. Although I am for the first time. As I am now, you know, for the first time in, a, in 10 years or so, um, gainfully employed by a reputable company, <laughs> I get some time. I, thank you, Quentin Richie Studer. Uh, I get some time off around the holidays. Let's so go. I, I, Let's go. I am talking a couple of full weeks that by the time that's over, boy, I'll be itching to get back to work is my, my thoughts. Um, you know, it's a lot of time. It's a lot of time with the kids when they don't really, <laughs> they don't really have a lot going on either. So you're, you know, I'm going to be a entertainment master. Except Reagan Flickinger, basketball star. Yeah, he had a good night last night. Yeah, we 28. We, we won't, we won't borrow, or we won't, uh, you know, um, bore the people with exploits of my uh, small, small school <laughs> son's. Uh, small school, high school basketball. You got to love that. Nothing like it. Nothing like it. Well, moving away from small school, high school basketball and moving into big money, free agency heated up throughout the winter meetings, as was expected. Aaron Judge, back to the Yankees after Arson Judge apparently signed with the Giants. It seemed consensus, oh, he's going to the Giants, he's going to the Giants. And he went right back to the Yankees for $360 million, nine-year deal. Uh, thoughts on... Arson or Aaron Judge? Well, I, you know, I'm, I'm no Yankee fan. In fact, I do root actively <laughs> against them. But it does seem kind of right that Aaron Judge should be a Yankee. You know, he started with them, and now he's going to finish with them because he's going to be, uh, you know, he'll be, what, late 30s by the time? Yeah. He's, he's done with that deal. And um, the money just, and, and I'm sure we'll get into that, and, and you mentioned the big deals, the money is just overwhelming right now in the free agent market. It, it just brings into picture all the more, you know, your smaller market teams like the Marlins, um, how important these guys are to organizations like Miami 
because they simply cannot survive if they are trying to go free agent mode first like the Giants or the Yankees, um, certainly the Dodgers. Um, you can't do it. And, um, and, and this offseason is, is really putting that into focus more than any other. So the Giants, they swung and missed on Aaron Judge, and I agree. It, it, he just kind of looks right in pinstripes. He does. I, I think I almost expected him to leave, though, mm-hmm. based on how he played it. I, he did an excellent job, not only kind of controlling the narrative, but just like, you know, just a thin veil of, I don't know, He'd maybe I'm going to go crumbs. home, you know? Yeah, those breadcrumbs were definitely out there, and, um, you know, you never know how much more those breadcrumbs, uh, you know, allowed the Yankees to go up in their in their offer. And certainly, uh, he he got paid in the end. He did. Uh, the man got paid, and so did Carlos Correa. So what I was going to say, Giants swung and missed on Judge, but they got their face of the franchise in Carlos Correa, three hundred fifty million. We interrupt our regular programming, you know, to to put our hand up. We messed up, folks. We did not anticipate in our discussion about Major League Baseball free agency that Carlos Correa's 13-year mega deal would fall through with the New York Giants and just hours later sign with the New York Mets overnight. So we go from our podcast that we actually recorded last week to now we're on Christmas break, you know, full disclosure, everybody's away from the office. We're in our street clothes. You know, the I'm not wearing pants on. at all. We didn't need to know that. Typical for in office as well from him. <laughs> oh, not God. much of a stretch. <laughs> no comment. Um, this is crazy. Uh, has anything like this ever happened where a free agent – to the magnitude of Carlos Correa has signed a deal to the magnitude of which he signed. And then it just all dissolves like that. I mean, I woke up and I was scrolling through Twitter as one does. And I saw Carlos Correa in Mets photoshopped uniform Jersey swaps. I'm like, what is going on here? It's a complete 180. Yeah. I, I think I got that news the same as, I, I'd have to say 95% of the people did, right? I mean, this was literally overnight. This is happened at like 2 a.m. or something. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, I had a couple text messages when I woke up um, and just couldn't couldn't believe the news. And, and, and Mitchie um, kind of opened with this off air. We occasionally talk off air as well. And he's just like, if you're a Giants fan, I mean, how do you, how do you even, uh, you know, recover from that? How do you move on and just say, okay, you know, next man up. Cause there is really no next man up in the, in the market. And this was the guy clearly that they had targeted. Yeah. You know, the thing for me is in the actual edition of this podcast, maybe Mitchie can like edit that part in the middle of this part. We're putting a lot on his plate here. Um, But I said, I mean, this is their franchise cornerstone that they had been looking for since Buster Posey retired, which was also kind of a sudden change in events. Um, Well, now what's the answer? They've got a very old roster uh, with no clear face all of a sudden. So it's just like one of those things that, to my recollection, has never really happened before. 
No, I, I can't remember anything either. And, you know, really, Larry, do we? does anybody, particularly you, I mean, does anybody feel bad for the Giants? I mean, they've got three titles in the last decade. Uh, I mean, they're good for a while. They're good for a long while. Probably the, the remainder of my of my life, which as an older man is probably not very long, Larry. And so so they're... <laughs> They're good. I mean, they are good for uh, for for many years. They had their even year run, which just really angered Larry. And and um, you know now they're you know, they're in trouble wanna... for, for a while. Look, I don't want to point fingers or anything, but that run probably angered somebody else on the Zoom call a little bit more than uh, me. So yeah, you know, very little <laughs> love lost here for me. Um, you know, and I think we can all kind of connect on this issue as well as fans of, um, three different, as, as Twitter baseball people would say, poverty teams, um, who, uh, who would never <laughs> even make a move like this to begin with. Um, yeah, you know, I can't say I feel bad for them. Uh, they, they deprived me of, uh, what I thought would be my only chance at joy for my entire lifetime. Luckily, you know, we got it done a year later, but my, my precious Royals were once thwarted by this team. So, you know, can't say I feel bad. A true David Larry. versus Goliath story there. Yeah, it really was. Larry, how do you feel about your team? The Cubs of Chicago, an iconic franchise being lumped in, not incorrectly, by the way, <laughs> with the likes of the of the Brewers and the Royals. It seems like ownership should have, and I know you got you got Dansby, but uh, ownership should have a little you know, a little looser purse strings there. It's uh, it's got to be tough to deal with. Look, you know, I wouldn't lump in the Cubs as a poverty franchise at this point. You know, especially with the money that they've spent this off season. You know, I'm not going to say it's going to be successful. I think there's just a, a lot remains to be seen. Um, it's but it's more of a Watson deal and this Drew Smiley deal and this Jamison Tyone deal and everything that's kind of transpired. It's kind of made me me- reconsider uh, some things with the Cubs over this offseason. It's more of an upper middle class franchise. Yes. Yeah. Even though it should be an upper class franchise. You, yeah. yeah and I, I'm not going to get mean... <laughs> Although although the Brewers certainly over the past 15 years or so have had more success in general than the Royals, the Royals also have two World Series appearances and one title. I have nothing to say to Mitchie on that. You know, he's he's got me there. It's very true. And hey, with Cubs, three straight NLCSs and one World Series title. So Yeah, this is a this is ruining my Christmas, actually. I didn't anticipate this. Hey, Flick, you know, we don't want to ruin your Christmas anymore. What do you say we go back to whatever we recorded a few weeks ago? Hopefully that part stands as you guys are watching this episode now. Hopefully nothing else happens uh, and Aaron Judge is still a Yankee uh, at this time. now and and really those are the big fish right those were the the kind of guys i guess dansby swanson the golden geese some might say yeah the golden geese yeah dansby swanson's still out there uh you're a yeah. cubs fan i mean there's a lot of rumors you guys need a shortstop talking about him marlins fan uh, yeah cubs fan second of course we're all marlins fans first but uh you know there's not many left out there that are going to get 
that those huge numbers. No, no. I've heard firsthand the Cubs hand, the Cubs fans are a little frustrated. Um, heard from sources close to uh-huh. the situation. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Cubs, Wilson Contreras, see you later, officially a St. Louis Cardinal. Talk about a 180. Cubs fans, that's that's a big ouchie, huge ouchie. That's a tough. That hurts. That's a tough pill to swallow. That is, it's not as bad as Favre to the Vikings if you're a Packer fan. But man, the thing is, you know, we only At had to see Favre, Favre a couple times. Past his prime. Yeah, although he did have a great year in '09. We don't need to talk about it. Um, Contreras, though, you're going to see 18 times a year. You know, I mean, it's uh, it's wild, and and um, you know, again, you go where the money is, and he got. He got a lot of it for the Cardinals. I think an underrated storyline with the Contreras saga for the Cubs is not only are they going to have to play Wilson, they're now going to have to play William Contreras, who's now a Milwaukee Brewer. That's even worse, I think. You you get both of them. I know, and I have never seen a deal more, you know, roundly applauded than the Brewers acquiring this young all-star catcher for what many think could just be kind of a fourth outfielder type. Uh, Ruiz has great speed, but maybe not a lot of other tools, good defensive outfielder, certainly a guy that you want on your team and projects to be a big leaguer for a long time. But um, along with a couple other pitchers that might may or may not stick, uh, it was a great deal for the Brewers, that's for sure. And then how about Trey Turner? Trey Turner to the Phillies, reuniting with Bryce Harper. So the rich get richer yeah. in the NL East. I, th- I think the Phillies are in a great spot, uh, and I've really got a lot of respect for what Dave Dombrowski has done. He's come in and said, you know what, we're going to win now, and we're going to do what it takes to win now, and that's what they've been doing. Where well, they are spending, the Mets are spending with Verlander. I mean, that yeah. was a big deal. He's... The Grom to Texas. Yeah. So that's a nice replacement. That is, absolutely. <laughs> and with the long-term health of DeGrom is a huge gamble by the Rangers, but when have the Rangers really ever made smart baseball decisions? I've I mean, got Corey a, Seager. People forget. Questions. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll see how it works out yeah. for him. You never know. Hey, Rule 5 draft happened. Uh, minor league and major league. Uh, to my knowledge, no Beloit Skycarp or former Beloit Snappers got picked. We did have one, and you're putting me on the spot, and I don't oh. remember his name. We Ooh. had we had one. Ooh, cut, cut. Yeah. Nope, cut, cut. We'll we, uh, we'll move this to the outtakes. Yeah, this we've got a swing and a miss. We, we've got a big we've got a big outtake section. That, no, the, you're you're mostly right, Larry. But there was a uh, a gentleman taken that was had four appearances for the Sky Carp and dominated in four starts. Uh, I did tweet we'll that get our out research department on our Beloit Sky Carp Twitter account um, back when it happened a couple of weeks ago. But for the most part. You know, certainly no Sky Carp. No, you're not wrong in that no Sky Carp was selected. No but official we did Sky have Carp. A former snapper, Beloit snapper, who I believe pitched for the club in 2019, and was just uh, would briefly pass yes, through. Yes, yes, okay. So nobody from the Marlins organization. That's true. Yeah, it was, was uh, Gus Varland. Yes, the uh, Gus Bus. Matt Mitchie was about to swoop in. Beat me to it. Yeah. Hey, research department. They work hard. Uh, yeah, 2018 snappers uh, selected from the Dodgers to the Brewers. Yes. So if all goes right for him, he'll be back uh, back in Wisconsin. Absolutely, Wisconsin. I prefer. Yeah, Wisconsin. Yeah, it's gonna be a good. It's gonna be good to uh, you know. 
get a former snapper back in the in the state. Yes, indeed. Hey, well, speaking of former Skycarp, Chandler Joeswalk had a great year with not only Beloit, but also Jupiter, and then Pensacola, and then he went to the Arizona Fall League. We talked about all that stuff and more. Here's our chat with Chandler Joeswalk. All right, we now welcome on to Flock Talk a very special guest. It's Chandler Joeswalk, fresh off the Arizona Fall League, 2022 member of the Beloit Skycarp. Jaws, thanks for taking the time. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. So I guess we'll start there with the Arizona Fall League. You pitched a full season, starting in Jupiter, then moving up to Beloit, then moving up to Pensacola, and then going to the Arizona Fall League. You saw a little bit of everything this year, but with the Arizona Fall League, how'd that experience go? Uh, it was amazing. You know, I like I said earlier, like I loved Arizona. I'd never been there. I was a little skeptical about it because when you think of Arizona, you just think about the desert. Yeah. So I know it, how it was going to be, but it ended up being awesome. You know, where the Marlins put us up, we were right by Arizona State. We got to go be in part of the Cubs facility. It's a beautiful facility. Uh, and, I mean, the baseball is amazing. You're playing against the best minor leaguer, minor league hitters in the whole MLB. So, it was fun. It was definitely a challenge, but definitely a good experience. Learned a lot and uh, an amazing time. Josh, Larry touched on it a little bit, but I mean, you talk about a crazy year, you know, including the fall league, you hit four different levels, you know, and, and just to climb your way through the Marlin system. I'm curious, as you moved up, what did you see the difference in, in hitters as you, you know, move from low A to high A and then, you know, finishing your season in double A? What did you see from maybe an approach standpoint or, or anything that you noticed? I think the two biggest things I saw, and I've definitely talked about it with many people, the two biggest things was, uh, you know, as you go up, there's not as many chases from hitters, you know, from low A to high to double A. Like, once I got to double A, it was – you know, these guys aren't going to chase at much or if at all. And, uh, you know, I think every hitter does chase, though. You know, if you get ahead one, two, oh, two, and if you're throwing a lot of strikes, they'll, they'll eventually chase. But, you know, once I got to double A, especially my first outing, which was a rough one, I realized, you know, I have to get ahead or these none of my pitches are going to work, you know, no matter where I throw them. They're not going to chase unless it's right there. And, uh, but, and then the second thing was, I think just as you go up, guys, I think every hitter has an approach, but I think where it goes wrong is when they get to the plate, they kind of abandon it, abandon it. But as you go up, especially in high A and double A, like these guys stick to their approach. And once you figure out that approach, they can make the adjustment. But, you know, it's always in the pitcher's hands, I think. And um, you just kind of have to figure out that approach they have. And, you know, once you do that, you'll be okay. You know, you mentioned your first appearance in double A was a tough one. I know you went up. And then came back down to Beloit, and then you went back up to Pensacola. That's got to be a tough adju- adjustment, jumping back and forth in the middle of the year. Uh, but take me through what you learned from that first trip, and then maybe the emotions of you know going back and forth, and then eventually making your way back and, and having some success. I think the biggest thing I learned from the first trip to AA, and it wasn't even baseball, it was the flight there. I have to learn how to fall asleep on planes because uh, <laughs> I struggle falling asleep on planes or bus rides and uh I think we ended up it was me and Tyler Mitzel when we got moved up the first time we were in uh, uh I forgot where we were at maybe I think Cedar, it was Cedar Rap- Rapids yeah 
yeah, we were there and we ended up leaving the hotel at like three in the morning and had to drive all the way to an airport that I don't even know which airport we drove to. But our flight ended up leaving at six and we had a layover that got delayed. We ended up not getting to where we were going Montgomery until like four o'clock and led right into stretch. And so like I didn't sleep the whole time because I can't sleep on planes and I was just so excited. Got into the game, realized I was exhausted. But uh, baseball wise, that first outing, it was just, you know, I think I tried to be a little too much than I was, got away from myself, tried to do a little too much. And after that outing, you know, coming back down, talking to Coach Erickson and talking to the double A pitching coach was just, you know, I got moved up for a reason for what I was doing in uh, Beloit and being who I was. And the next time I got my chance in double A, that's kind of what I told myself just to go out there and be myself and, you know, learn as I go and you know, try not to be anything else. You know, we had Sean Reynolds on, your your bullpen mate, and he, you know, kind of took us through the wild ride of that, you know, Southern League playoffs and, of course, ending up in the in the championship. You were with Beloit, um, obviously, most of the year, got moved up, had some success in AA. What about for you? How was that, how was that run for you, Jaws? Dude, that was amazing. <laughs> it was the most fun I had the whole season, not because I didn't have any other fun, but just because, you know, you go through the minor leagues and it gets to the point where, you know, a lot of it is development. You know, you're trying to move up, you're trying to get to the big leagues. And so you're just trying to get better. And as much as, you know, you want to win and you want to compete, it's also just about you need to work on some stuff too. But, you know, once you got into that playoff run, it was, you, you we felt it right when we walked in the locker room the first playoff game, first playoff day, the environment was just totally different. The energy, it was like, okay, we're here to win now. You know, we're here to compete. We're going to do whatever it takes as a team to win. And I think that was the coolest part about it. And then, you know, going out there and playing, the crowds were into it. Everybody was into it. You had the energy, you had the emotion. It was, you know, it felt like you're playing college ball or high school ball again. It was awesome. I want to jump back to your college career at Texas A&M in the SEC, best baseball conference in the country for college. I mean, just an incredible experience there, I'm sure. How much did playing in the SEC prepare you for pro ball? Oh, it prepared me, I think, the best you can be prepared to go against a pro ball. Uh, Not taking anything away from the high school guys or from other conferences, but like you said, I do believe that the SEC is the best baseball conference in the country. Uh, college wise and um, you know you're playing against the best college players in the country so you know it's definitely it's tough uh, to especially since they're not using wood bats they're using the metal ones Uh, uh, it's just you know you have the coaches and the environment you know you're playing and you know you go to Mississippi State where they have 15,000 people at a college baseball game or Arkansas or LSU that's a big thing for it too and uh, it's just different you know it's I'd say it's for some people it's probably harder to play in the SEC than it is in minor league baseball sometimes unless you know you're in that triple a or double a a little bit but it definitely prepares you the way you have to play the speed of the game is a big thing and uh I think that's where a lot of high school players have to learn you know guys that get drafted out of high school I think they have unreal talent they're unreal players but uh you know the speed of the game changes and that's a big thing I don't think people realize from the stands or if you're not playing so 
We interrupt this Chandler Joeswalk interview to bring you a brand new segment. It's called Skycarp Swag. We're going to try some on right now. Here we go. Dropping in from the heavens. Yes, sir. Flick, what do you got? Well, I have the Defenders of the Diamond. I mean, this thing. Am I centered? Here we go. I'm centered. This is beautiful. I think you got to go slightly off center the with the logo. Just to go, just for a few, for maximum uh, swag. Maximum swag. Yeah, maximum swag. I'm all about maximum swag. Um, it was my nickname in high school. But, um, you know, we had the Defenders of the Diamond come in and uh, Marvel inspired logo and uh, they did this for every team ours is among the best that's consensus and we've Swag got me. our our stocking hat it is cold what a throw by matt mitchie and then that one larry is also sweet but this is i mean and so warm and it's going to be a long, cold winter, folks, so just prepare yourself. This hat is going to keep me warm. You know that, that trend, <laughs> giant hats? We don't exactly yes. have these, but we do have eight and one-eighth hats that you can buy. So That's if you want to hop on the, the, the big hat noggin. trend, uh, stop on by Beak Boutique. It's open in person, online, and we've got a special deal for you. Listen up. Maybe you're doing some last-second Christmas shopping. Use the code FLOCK at checkout. And you get 15% off your order online. Store-wide. Do this it. This is big. Store-wide. Not just Defenders of the Diamond. Not just big hats. Winter hats. The whole nine yards. So get your merch right now. Use promo code FLOCK. 15% off. Now back to Chandler Joeswalk. All right, Jaws. We talked about your college career. And in the midst of your college career, right in the middle of it, you have the COVID season. What was that like for you, and were you able, did you feel like it was just a lost year for you, or were you able to, you know, to get some development in, you know, just working with coaches and things like that, or were you just sent home and left to your own devices uh, during the COVID season? Uh, I think a little of both. You know, at first, it really, it really hurt me. It, uh, it really hurt me just because that was my first draft year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I had just gotten an agent. I just came back from the Cape Cod League. So, you know, I was really excited. A lot of good things were going for me. I was talking to a lot of teams. And uh, then it got canceled. Uh, and we had a – and team-wise, we had – that was our best team that we had at A&M in all four years I was there. And so when it got canceled, it, it hurt a lot of us. And I had a lot of guys that were – you know, seniors or fifth-year seniors, and at the time, until they came out with the new role, their playing career was over, so I felt horrible for those guys. Uh, then I found out the draft was going to five rounds, kind of took me out of the draft, which really hurt. But then, you know, I kind of looked at the other side of it, like you brought up, I got to develop and get better at, and I had that time. And so I, I actually, uh, my friend got me with this new, it's called Tread Athletics, I'm sure y'all have heard of the baseball training program specifically for pitchers mainly. And so I got with them and definitely got a lot better. Uh, but yeah, it was definitely tough at first. You know, it was definitely a lot of talking with my parents and my coaches and, you know, close friends, how, cause a lot of that stuff, I kind of stay internal. I don't like, you know, it's like the baseball thing. You don't want to be seen as being soft or anything like that, but there's definitely a lot of conversations to get me back to normal and get me back to, you know, still wanting to get better and, you know, try to get drafted that next year. So, but it definitely helped, definitely hurt too, but uh, there's goods and there's bads to everything. And I just had to get back to seeing the good and what was happening. 
Yeah, I mean, that was the type of thing where really nothing could prepare you for what happened or what was going to happen. So really a, a truly unparalleled time. But jumping back before your college career, I mean, you're a native of Texas. You know, college sports down there and sports in general, specifically football and whatnot, that's a way of life. That's a lifestyle for folks down there. Before you went to Texas A&M, I know we talked about this during the season in, in one of our pregame interviews. Did you grow up an A&M fan? Did you grow up a Texas fan? Or was it something else? Uh, so I don't tell a lot of people this, but I guess I can come out with it now. I actually grew up a Texas fan. Uh, yeah, my whole – my I don't really know why, but my whole <laughs> – Majority of them were Texas fans, so I grew up liking the Texas Longhorns, and I think majority of it was, as a little kid, looking at the football side of it, because you always look, you watch the football, it's just the bigger crowds, the bigger, I guess, the sport in Texas a little bit, and, uh, you know, I liked Colt McCoy, I thought he was a stud, but, you know, once I got to high school and I started talking to schools, and, you know, A&M popped up, it was you know, I don't care that I'm a Texas fan. I'll, I'll definitely go to the SEC and play baseball. So it wasn't a tough decision at all. Well, it's did, horns down now. Yeah, horns <laughs> down. At, yeah, did you ever admit your longstanding love for the Longhorns <laughs> to your teammate Zach Zubia? Uh, I don't know if I ever told him that. <laughs> I, I hope he doesn't listen to this. So <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, what are some of your what are some of your fond memories from playing here in, in Beloit, Jaws? Uh, you know, the big a big one. I was thinking about this earlier today and yesterday when you had texted me. You know, when we went on that streak where we were the best team in baseball, yes. I thought that was amazing. You know, we were having a great time, and you know, it wasn't that we were just beating these teams really bad either we had some amazing comeback wins in quad cities i thought that was awesome i don't know how many extra inning games we went into but it felt like every game we won was extra innings or we won in the bottom of the nine felt like cody was hitting a walk-off home run every (laughs) game you know it was bennett hostellers walk-off all those things were amazing but i think the best one was definitely uh cody morsett's walk-off home run i forgot it was at home i don't know exactly which one it which game it was but the only reason i liked it so much was because earlier in that game i was pitching i think in the ninth inning trying to close out a game and it was uh actually it was in the 10th because they started with the runner on second i think i went two strikeouts and so we just needed one more out and uh we hit they hit a little pop-up behind second base to cody and this is when Cody, you know, kind of had the yips of catching pop-ups for some reason. He uh, ended up dropping it. You know, it happens. Guy scored, tied the game up, and he was just so upset with himself. And I was a little upset too, but, you know, it's one of those things that happens. And uh, I remember going up to him and talking to him. I was like, man, like, that's going to happen. I need you to flush it and be the hitter you are. And he goes and does that. And it was just so exciting to see him come back from that and actually prove that, you know, you're going to make a mistake, but – it's going to come back and help you out. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. Baseball's a game of redemption. That was an incredible game. Probably one of the best all year for sure. Uh, it was awesome. You, you mentioned you gave Cody a little bit of a pep talk. You know, you coached him up a little bit. I know now during the off season, you're doing a little bit of coaching um, mm-hmm. with clinics, you know, helping out your brother, who's a high school coach. Tell me about what you've been doing in the off season here. Uh, so recently, I think three weeks ago, I started working out and training to 
get my body stronger and always trying to gain weight. You know, that's always a big thing for me when I, especially since I started college, trying to gain weight and get stronger. And the next thing is just trying to, you know, get even better on the mound, you know, as good of a season as I did have. And as I felt like I had, you know, there's always something to get better at. Always that step forward you have to take if you want to make the dream of playing in the big leagues. Uh, and then, like you said, I, I give a lot of lessons. I help out my brother with the high school team. You know, that's my next goal. If baseball doesn't work out, I do want to become a coach. So just kind of learning to become that guy to help out these little kids achieve their dream. You know, just their eyes and the smile they get when they do something good or when I give them that compliment. You know, it's it's an awesome feeling to get. So that's why I enjoy doing it. And also, like I said, you know, it's better than staying on the couch all day. All right. Well, two things and then we'll wrap up. First of all, you know, Cody, not that the loss, Jaws, would have been your fault. Clearly, it would have been Cody's. I mean, you pretty much spelled that out. But he <laughs> saved you from your only loss of the season. Now, wins and losses, especially for a reliever, overrated step. But did you even realize through the combined your 19 stops throughout the year that you were uh, you were 7 and 0 in 2022? I didn't realize that until I looked at your 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 baseball reference page. But did you were you aware of that you were you finished a perfect 7 and 0 in in uh, last season? So I did know I finished seven and zero, but I did always know how many wins I had in Beloit because uh, Doc never let me forget it. Uh, <laughs> especially when I first got there, I think it was my first five or six outings. I had like three or four wins already, right. and I was kind of stealing them from the starters. And uh, so Doc and some of the starters never let me forget how many wins I had. But uh, that was pretty cool, just helping the team win and kind of being that guy to go to and uh it definitely helped as well having the rest of the bullpen behind me if I did struggle that day Sean and you know Tyler and all those guys definitely helped out hey well no matter what you can say you had a perfect season in 2022 uh, here in the minor leagues uh, Jaws appreciate your time uh thanks for all the good memories this year and uh best of luck in the rest of the offseason thank you I appreciate y'all having me it was a pleasure thanks Jaws Thanks to Chandler Joeswalk for taking some time out of his offseason. I know, I know all these pitchers and players have different routines. Jaws is a busy guy. He was off to give out some pitching lessons, helping the next generation, as he was talking about. But, hey, what a season he had. It was, it was a lot of fun to watch him play. It was a lot of fun. And his, you know, his stuff is electric, as we know. And he's uh, just a great guy in the clubhouse. Fun to get to know him. And... You know, he's a guy that I think we talked in uh, episode one. I, I don't know if he made the, the list. Maybe he did, actually. He, I think did. he did. He did. I think you picked him. Yeah, and, and he deserves that because I, I do believe he's going to be in a big league uniform. And what we've talked about this, especially with the college guys that are now a couple years out of school. They're in double-A. We expect Chandler to start at least in double-A, maybe an outside shot, depending on injuries or what have you, starting at triple-A. He's just uh, he's one call away. You know, I, we failed to ask him about, you know, he's got a, a big league arm, big league stuff. He's got a big league nickname, too. Jaws. It's a great I one. mean, you want Jaws coming out of your bullpen in the eighth inning in a tie game. You know, one thing that I think if he would have stayed longer, I do believe we could have come in dun with it. the Jaws music. Dun it, dun but he dun really was, you know, dun funny it, thing dun is, dun he, dun pro dun could you, um, he probably... It only made, I don't know, eight or ten home appearances. 
he wasn't here for that long. Yeah. Um, so had he stayed that extra month, I believe that, that Matt Mitchie um, would have come up with uh, some electric stuff for yeah. the press box. Very true. Hey, speaking of electric stuff, Flick's wearing Christmas lights. This is our Christmas edition episode. I came with some mild Christmas cheer. Do you like my sweater? Yeah, it is. Uh, Blues Brothers is absolutely one of, my, one of my favorite movies and has been since I was a youth. It's a great one. It is. It's a great one. For top of the order today, we're going Christmas-themed. We're not doing Christmas movies, although that was discussed. We're going to go Christmas songs. So top three Christmas songs. Who's going first? What, what are we doing here? I'm going to come flipping? out. I'm going to come. Oh, yeah. We got, what do we got to flip? We got we to gotta flip a coin. We got to flip something. This Matt is Mitchie's the, on the hunt. We're going to we go. flip a lens cap. A lens cap. Okay. Let's not crack it. Maybe oh, okay. you better catch it. Okay. All right. Who's, All right. Are, are call, we catching call it? Call it, Larry. Call All right. it, Larry. All uh, right. Tails never fails. Going tails. Oh, God. And, and heads. Uh, heads. I picked the wrong side, Tough break. really. The good news is that didn't crack or break at all, so we don't, we're don't. we not breaking into the budget, Jonathan. Um, we're going to be... Heads, we're heads it is. We're good. We're sticking straight on there. Um, I'm going to go with just a... I like my Christmas music tinged with a little bit of horn, okay? So anytime you get... Um, Santa Claus is coming to town. Of course, it has to be the Bruce Springsteen version with an epic sax solo in the middle by Clarence Clemens, R.I.P. Um, it's just, it's the, it's, it's the song that gets you in the Christmas spirit, leaves a smile on your face every single time. Of course, knowing that you're a Springsteen guy, yeah, you would go there. Yeah. I like that. It was I like no that brainer. pick. It's a it good no one. Brainer. For me, I'm going Carol of the Bells. Mannheim steamroller version. I mean, it's just like that epic feel yeah. to it. No, you know, like, oh, Santa Claus is coming to town. He might not make it. You know, Rudolph's yeah. got to pull through here in the last second. It's going to be a buzzer beater, but it's it's got that, like, pregame hype that song feel. really stressed you out as a child, it sounds like. Well, not quite. It was just, I heard it on the radio. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm ready to watch uh, some NBA on Christmas or something like that. My traditional pick, my second pick, my, so for a traditional song, I'm just going to go with the classic Little Drummer Boy. Just really enjoy it. it you know, it goes back, it makes, you, it makes you feel a certain way, Larry, and Little Drummer Boy, it, it's, uh, you know, it's 17,000 versions out there, but uh, there's some good ones out there. I'll go that with my second. You know, there's, there's a lot of different ways I could go here. You know, you could go more modern, like my first pick. Uh, you could also go traditional. I'm trying mm-hmm. to... I'm trying to think of, I, clearly I didn't come prepared. I'm trying to think of all the best renditions that, like, you know, the greats have done. Yeah. You know, Frank Sinatra. Sinatra, Burl Ives. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tony Bennett, you know, yeah. more modern uh, traditional music. But I'm going to go traditional, too, and I'm going to go to a song that you just can't go wrong with, Jingle Bells. Yeah. A lot of different ways you can go with, with Jingle Bells. It's very uplifting, a little fun in there. Yeah. Good stuff. Now, I'm going to go, oddly enough, for my third pick, I'm going to go, he's going to Google Christmas music, folks. Don't think he's not. Um, I'm going to go with, um, I think this was a Home Alone, so this kind of transfers in. But was, was, was Jingle Bell Rock, was that Home Alone? Uh, yeah, I think yeah. it was popularized. Yeah, I mean, of course. No, it goes back to the 60s, but I believe Home Alone used it extremely well. So Jingle Bell Rock is a classic for me. That's my third pick. Uh, my third pick, and I, I'm honestly surprised this slipped to the, the last pick, White Christmas. 
You're dreaming of one. Yeah. It and might happen. That's, uh, I don't think it will happen. We haven't had one in years. All I know is it, I looked today and the high for Christmas is supposed to be 10 degrees. Not great. It's going to be a cold I'm Christmas, a freezing Christmas, a frostbitten a Christmas, but maybe not a white Christmas. Christmas. Now, I'm using my powers here to override and say, you know, I would be remiss if we did not mention uh, Elton John's Step Into Christmas, um, okay. an absolute classic. It's a good one. One of the all-time greats. Mitchie, are you dreaming of a white Christmas? I always dream of a white Christmas, and it, it rarely comes through for me. With every Christmas card you write? Now, that, I don't write many of them, so. <laughs> Matt, I will guarantee you, is not dreaming of a white Christmas as he drives eight hours to Kansas. He is, <laughs> that's that's the, true. The white stuff can Honestly, like, I'm, I'm dreaming of a not white Christmas for, for his sake. Yes, absolutely. That's you a lot of driving. Yeah, you don't want to do that in the snow and ice. Honorable mentions. Uh, Grandma got ran over by a reindeer. Um, yeah, I want that a hippopotamus. That, that was always a little dark for A little me. dark? Okay. What's the Mariah Carey one? Oh, all I want for Christmas uh, is you. Now that's we a, we swung and missed. We swung and missed there. That is, up. it's the modern, it's the best modern Christmas song, yes. I believe. We used it in one of the promos for our fantastic events um, staff, and 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 please by all means, it's a little late for holiday parties, <laughs> but book your meetings here. New Year's party, right? Yeah, I don't. Is that I, a thing? I don't know. I, I suppose you don't party on New Year's. Um, you know, if partying means watching college football and going to bed at 1030, I'm old, Larry. This is what happens. Um, no, I, I think uh, there are many opportunities available for you to book your space here yes. at ABC Supply Stadium. Hey, we are currently in our suite. So last week we were in the club. We're in the suite now. Great space. And this is a space, one of my personal favorite spaces in the ballpark. Great vantage point to watch a ball game, but also, I mean, this is a great space to book in April and May. You know, maybe get that company vibe Part going before summer. Yeah. You know, maybe it's a little chilly. You're not sure about the weather. Well, we, we've got turf. We're going to play almost no matter what. Yes. But you can stay dry. You can stay warm here in the suite. Absolutely. We only had two rainouts the entire year and yeah. one COVID out. Thanks, T-Rats. Yeah, that was... Woof, woof. Hey, we're not going to go there. We're going to keep our Christmas cheer. That's right. That about does it for this episode, a Christmas special of sorts of Flock Talk. Thanks for joining us. Once again, we do want to remind you, last second Christmas presents, You use the promo code FLOCK at checkout, 15% off, and you can get a big hat here like Poopsie's got. If you're listening on Spotify, uh, hop over to YouTube and you can see Poopsie's big hat. Um, all kinds of good stuff, all kinds of Christmas cheer. Loud and clear for all to hear on the Beat Boutique website. But until next time, we'll see you next year. Thanks for watching, everybody.